Sergio Gonzalez is a current goalkeeper coach for Racing Louisville and the NWSL. His experience includes time at the University of Dayton, New Jersey Institute of Technology, and Indiana University. He's also been involved with the U.S. Youth National Team. In this episode, we dive into his coaching experiences, building relationships, and developing goalkeepers. Hope you enjoy. As always, this episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros for the pros. With six different models to choose, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code JG25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Set GK. It all starts with your set. Sergio, Sergio, thanks for joining, thanks for joining man. man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Jesse, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you um, connecting with me and looking forward to chatting with you. Awesome. awesome. So, so um, um, big question big for me is I like to, to kind of start, start off this podcast, podcast with is, you know, just because it's a coaching podcast, podcast right? So, right, so, what, so was what was your first, your first job in coaching? How did you get into it? And was it something that you kind of always wanted to do? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. Actually, it happened not too far from where you are. It was in uh, yeah, 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 University yeah. in Western yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished playing. Uh, I went to Salve Regina University, which is a small Division three school in Rhode Island. Wasn't sure what I wanted to do. It was a criminal justice major. Kind of just still trying to figure life out. Soccer obviously had been such a big part of it. Had done some coaching over the summer at some camps. And uh, at the time, my coach you know, had talked about uh, being a graduate assistant. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good idea. Like, I can work on a master's, kind of still figure out what I want to do. And one of the opportunities that popped up was at Slippery Rock University uh, in Western Pennsylvania, working with, with yeah, Noreen yeah. Hurley. Um, at the time, Noreen was the men's and women's coach. So it was the graduate mm-hmm. assistant for goalkeeper coach for both teams. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to, to get that job. And uh, I think I was there for six years. Um, yeah, I was a yeah. grad assistant uh, uh, for three years of that. Um, and then I was a part-time, quarter-time assistant and the rest of the time um, had shifted over to work on the women's staff they had hired a head coach for the men's team I think probably two or three years into my time there and I, I decided mm-hmm. to stay on the, on the women's side um, yeah, yeah. kind of went from there and I would say within the first two weeks of the job I just fell in love with coaching and, and it, yeah, yeah. realized this is something I was really passionate what, what about do you think it was? what was that like moment do you remember like when it or what, I, guess I guess it can't be, be one significant moment, moment but, you know, of course, course the thing. But do you remember when, like, you were sitting there and you realized, like, you know, I'm not going to be a police officer, even though I'm majoring in criminal justice, I'm going to be a coach. You know, was there, like, a moment, defining moment? Yeah, I think it was during preseason where it's like you're back in the office afterwards and you're just kind of prepping for the next day. And I was like, I love this. Like, this is yeah. what I want to do. You know, not knowing, you know, what the future was going to hold or, or, or what the path would be within coaching. Um, but I felt really good about what I was doing and really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, had an unbelievable mentor in Noreen um, starting as a young coach and, and, and was able to kind of forge my path through there. I think one of the other things that I was really fortunate to do was to, to connect with Tony DeChico's Soccer Plus camps. Mm-hmm. And, again, it goes back to Slippery Rock. Paul Cacalese was the was kind of the general manager at the time. Right. Slippery Rock grad. I was at the coaches' convention, you know, trying to get on the staff there. And I had a Slippery Rock sweatshirt on and, yeah. you know, connected with, with Paul. And then from there was, was part of Soccer Plus for the better part of 10 years. And I think my on-the-job training as a coach was very much forged. Um, mm-hmm. During my time at Soccer Plus, spending you know five or six weeks on the road right. working for them. What were some, some of the big things, things you learned from Tony and during those camps? Just about how to be a good person, about how to mm-hmm. you know motivate players, how to not just focus on what you're not doing well, but also focus on what you're doing 
right? You know, catch him while they're being good was Tony's big thing, and I think that's something we sometimes forget. Right. Um, but it also taught me about, you know, the hard work that goes into coaching, too, and the details that go into it. And I was lucky at the time. I mean, Graham Abel, who was before Phil Poole, the women's national team goalkeeper coach, right. him and I were uh, rookie staff coaches together. So, you know, our friendship started, you know, 20-something years ago, moving, you know, uh, covert goals in a, in a U-Haul to the next yeah. site. So, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I was able right. to learn under Paul Rogers, John Cohn, Lisa Cole, Right. Um, there's so many different people that I was able to, to, to learn from, you know, for five or six weeks every summer that really helped me, awesome. you know, formalize what I wanted, you know, in terms of what my coaching style would be and how I would coach. Yeah. Speaking, Speaking of coaching style, style <laughs> when, when you, when you, when you look, look back, back, cause I know I've done this already for myself, myself you know, I'm, you know, so relatively young, young, you know, looking back in your first time at Slippery Rock to where you are now, how much has, has your style changed over 20 years in terms of, I guess, X's and O's or like, you know, in 20 years, what was like, what was your big, what's your big change, I guess? I think back then it was, te- goalkeeper was such a technical, mm-hmm. it was, it was so much focused on technique and maybe not enough focused on the realism. You know, I think we spent yeah. more times where we shuffled over cones and, right. and, and, and that kind of stuff where I think over the course of time now, it's, you try to make it as true to the game as you can. And I think that's probably the big, the biggest piece for me. Um, and I think just understanding and learning the game and, and realizing as a goalkeeper coach, you're part of the staff and, and you've got to see everything, right. not just the goalkeeper. So I think that's something that I've, I've learned um, and has made me you know, a better, better coach and a better goalkeeper coach over right. the course of the last you know, 20 years. For sure. So you made the mistake of leaving Western Pennsylvania, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, so what was, the, what was the, the move after Slippery Rock? So you gained about five, six years of experience. You know, where, where to next? University of Dayton, worked for Mike okay. Tucker for another six years. Um, yeah. And went to a Dayton program that was really a, a mid-major powerhouse, and we mm-hmm. had some unbelievable success there um, and learned a lot. Uh, you know, Tucker's like a second dad to me now. Not only yeah. as I learned a lot as to, you know, as a person, but also as a coach from him as well. And I think one of the things I love about Tucker is he really allows his assistants to learn and grow under him. So I was able to do not only the goalkeeping piece, but I learned a lot about myself as a coach at that time because I was able to do a lot of of work with the team as well. So that to me was kind of the next step, um, you know, in in my progression as a coach of, yes, I was a goalkeeper coach, but now I was taking on a little bit more responsibility with the team, which allowed me to to continue to grow and and, and learn. and, and, And we had some unbelievable success there. Um, we were one of the last unbeaten teams in the country with Stanford one year going into the national tournament. Wow. Uh, we made it to the, the the second round twice. Yeah. Um, in which, you know, you know, as a, as a mid-major program, as a, especially then with the way the format was, he played Friday, Sunday. So it was a right. tough, it was a really tough yeah. grind, yeah. But, but a lot of fun and, and, and coached some tremendous players along the way. And, and it was great. Yeah. How, how important was that experience at Dayton allowing you to, to grow into kind of, who you are as a coach and working with the field players. And how important that is that too for, for even young and up, upcoming coaches to, to go somewhere where you can actually have the freedom and almost autonomy to, to kind of figure out who you are as a coach? I think it's huge because you get to see how the interaction, you know, how the interaction as a coach with the whole team, how important that becomes and, and how that can change your views as a goalkeeper coach as well. I think mm-hmm. so many times as goalkeeper coaches, you know, you turn up, you do your session and then you kind of fade into the background when, when right. really that should be when you're kind of really getting into the, into the meat of things. Like you need to be connected to that. And I think it allowed me to, to be connected not only, you know, with, with our defending, but with our attacking and how our goalkeepers, you know, were a mm-hmm. part of that as well. So it allowed me to, to really become, 
a better a better coach and and see things um, and make mistakes along the way too because yeah. I think that's another part of coaching is like you're never going to run the perfect session, right? You know, right. so I think it, it's good to fail. It's good to, to to put something on paper and think, oh man, this is going to be a great session, and then you get halfway through it and you're like, oh boy, this we've got to fix this. Right. Yeah. The, the amount of the amount of times I changed my mind in the middle of a session, I'm like, what was that thing? Like you're an idiot, and I just move all you know, try to like adjust quickly. But yeah, I changed my mind all the time in the in the middle thinking. It's just it's so easy for it to sound so good in your head, right? Like absolutely, <laughs> especially when you're working with the team too. You're like, oh, we'll do this and this, and then you're yeah. in the space, and you're like, what was I thinking when I wrote this down? So I think it's right. important. I mean, to learn and grow and, and and be successful. There's things you thought, well, maybe this won't work, and then you get done with the session, and you're like, oh, that was great. I wish I would have thought of that a little bit right. earlier. And so it was it was really good to be able to to have that opportunity to do that. Um, you know, and, and, and grow and learn. And I spent uh, almost almost six years with Tucker there, which was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it seems like you've had, at this point, at least in your career, you've had a lot of, like, you've been lucky to, to have some, some good mentors. So, I mean, how, yeah. how important, to just touch on that, I guess, if you can, just the importance of mentorship, too, for young coaches and kind of almost seeking it out, too, because, you know, some people aren't as fortunate to, you know, work with the Tony that she goes or whatever. Yeah, it's huge, and I think it's so important, and I think – especially for me now as, as an older coach, I hate saying this as I'm getting old, but like <laughs> I have to, I almost look at it as a, I got to pay it back because of right. the, the way those people were, were such a positive effect on my life and how they helped me as a coach. Um, and the conversations we had and just being able to pick up the phone and talk and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the criticism and the, and the praise of, you know, helping yeah. you get better, I think is so important. And I think sometimes, especially in the goalkeeping world, I think it's gotten better now, but I think sometimes we're all so critical of each other. Yeah, um, yeah big time. But big I think time. now it's become a little bit more open, and I think we're all more willing to share. And I think it's such a it's such a unique community, and I think we, we've mm-hmm. got to help each other because I think, you know, the future of our goalkeeping, you know, on both the men's and women's side as we move forward, I think we need to, you know, since, since Tony's passed away, I think we've kind of lost that that uh that circle that we've had it's kind yeah. of all fractured off and i think when when tony had soccer plus and there was such a a goalkeeping community and i think we've got to make sure that we keep that alive and we, we keep we keep supporting each other and, and helping it grow and helping our goalkeepers get better right so, sounds, sounds like you're gonna bring soccer plus back huh <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> you heard it here first guys <laughs> summers anymore that's a, that travel is yeah but it was it was such a and i look back at i mean even i met my wife at soccer plus we were oh, awesome. coach, just so like it, it goes th- it it goes through not only my coaching but my, my my personal life as well and the experience that i had and i think it's important that you have those circles that you're able to to learn from and people mm-hmm. that you can connect with and people that you can pick up the phone and talk to when you're struggling but also talk to when things are going well and help keep you grounded because it's a crazy game and you can be on top of the world one day yeah. and you can be, you know, on the bottom the next. So I think it's right. important to keep perspective and have people around you that can help you with that. Mm-hmm. As a young, as a younger coach, when you were first starting, what was, what was more important to you, experience or money? You know, I think at the time it was, it was what, what was the next best job or what was, yeah. you know, what was going to, which would probably equate to, to money sometimes, you know, because right. if you get the better job, it, it pays a little sure. bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that coaching wasn't necessarily the most, you know, the most lucrative job, you had to work five or six different little jobs. Right. But, you know, what, what I've learned over the years is it's the experience and it's the people that you work with. And I think that's, that's yeah. the most important piece. Um, you have to mm-hmm. be around good people because you spend more time with them than you do your family sometimes. So I think it's right. important to be around people you trust, you enjoy being around um, that are going to help you, but you're going to help them as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
Where, um, so after Dame, you had a great six years at Dayton, and then, then what was the next move? I decided to be a head, try to be a head coach for two years at the New Jersey Institute of Technology, which yeah. was a great experience. Um, but I learned that my probably strong suit was, was being an assistant coach. Yeah. And I think I, what I realized too is how much I missed the goalkeeping side of things because I mm. didn't do that. Yeah. So it helped me learn. It helped me grow and learn a lot, um, especially taking the program over. They had transitioned from Division One or Division Two right. to Division One fairly right. recently. Um, so I got to go in there and really help build a foundation. Um, mm. Allie Nick has done an unbelievable job there. Um, and just looking back at my time there, it was such a it was such a great experience for me. But. I think I learned kind of what I enjoy doing and, and right. is more from an assistant coach's perspective as a yep. head coach to just, you don't get to necessarily do the stuff you'd enjoy to do uh, on right. a daily basis because you have so much on your plate. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I think, I, I think I've been lucky to kind of realize that for myself. Like, I don't think I really want, want that responsibility of the head coach. Like I enjoy being, being an assistant. Um, and then touching on that is, you know, what, what is the role of an assistant? Like what, you know, what makes you successful right now? And, as an assistant coach to in a professional soccer team? I think making sure, obviously, you know, you know your roles and responsibilities, but I think you have to bring things to the table too, and you've got to make sure that you are not just there just to do just your job. You've got to make sure that you're being proactive and you're you're helping the head coach be successful and taking as many little things off the plate as, as you can and, and being as detailed and as structured as you can as well, and I think that's an important role as an assistant. And I think even for goalkeeper coaches, if – you've got to make sure that you're giving information when you're sitting down talking about a session that maybe you're going to put together about how that's going to impact the goalkeeper and how the goalkeeper can help impact it and not mm. just yeah. you know, just sit there and, and, and warm the goalkeeper up and then be right. done. Like, again, like your job starts when that session starts. So you've got to be connected. You've got to be, you know, bring things to the table. Are you good with video? Can you, can you put scouting mm. reports together? Um, are you responsible for set pieces? Are you are you connected with the team defending because the goalkeeper is such a big piece to that? It shouldn't right. just be you coaching the goalkeeper. You've got to you've got to be comfortable with how the team is going to defend and, and be able to you know to communicate with with your back four, um, with your team and in, in terms of their shape and, and what you're going to do. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's almost. I mean, you just want to make the, the life of the head coach easier, right? That's that's kind of how it how it works. Huh? Cause yeah. At the end of the day, too, it's like you know you're. Your job could rely on him as well, or, or her, for Absolutely. that matter, just because, you know, wins and losses is, speaks for itself. And I think if you're just coming in as a goalkeeper coach and that's it, I think you need to, especially in the modern game today and the way things are, you just need, you need to bring more to the table. I think you've right. got to have more in your pocket, being able being comfortable coaching the team, being able to step in. Um, you know, again, when you're, when, you're, when you're looking at various moments of the game, is it, you know, your defensive transition, Mm-hmm. what's the shape look like where's your goalkeeper's position based on that so you've got to be comfortable coaching those moments and, and not just kind of you know doing the warm-up and, and getting the goalkeeper right. ready in isolated training and then just kind of switch off when it's done yeah so after NJIT was you moved to IU Is I did correct? yeah I went to IU yeah. I was at IU for for five years All right. um, so. and then during that time too I was also um has had the privilege of going in with our youth national team. So That's I worked right. with the U16s yeah. and the U17s um, mm. with Casey White with the 16s and with Mark Carr with the 17s, which was tremendous. Um, yeah. And then worked with Amy Burberry at Indiana University for, for that mm. time that I was there. So with the time with the youth national team, how 
Because you, you don't get to do you get to work with them often, or is it kind of like no? Very just kind of so the way it worked was just there was kind of a rotation of goalkeeper coaches based on availability. With the yeah. seven teams, they were prepping for World Cup qualifications, um, mm-hmm. and then the World Cup, and then with the six teams, you know, that's not a World Cup year, but they've got some different trips, and so it's just kind of depends right. upon when they're going into camp. Yeah. So, so what's what's, what's, what's your, your thought process there? Like, like how you know how are you how do you want to impact these goalkeepers and well, one, two, in such a short period of time, but two, being so young, it's, you know, their, their brains are, are ready to take on some information. So what are you doing to, to try to impact them in a positive way? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is making sure the communication with the staff, what does the head coach want out of that camp? What's the, mm-hmm. what's the thought process? What's the preparation? And then from there, looking at it and saying, okay, you know, where are the goalkeepers kind of in this cycle and, and how can we help them? So I think it's a lot of collaboration, too, talking to the yeah. other goalkeeper coaches that have been in the camp as well so that you're on the same page in terms of what they've been doing. So you can mm-hmm. kind of continue to build yeah. off of that. I think that's really important. I think I think consistency is a big piece at that age for them to make sure that the information is consistent, um, right. but also understanding what is the what does the head coach want from their goalkeepers? What's what's that profile look like? What's the what are they expected to, to do in the game so that you can make sure that your sessions are kind of tailored around that so that it's it's as smooth a transition uh, as possible for the goalkeepers. Yeah, and I think yeah, you, I think you, you touched, think on touched on a very a kind very of subtle point, point that, that I don't, at least for me, like I'm slowly, slowly realizing this, this um, but at least for goalkeeper coaches, coaches, it's like, I think too often we're kind of isolated and trying to develop the goalkeepers our way instead of, like you mentioned, you know, what does the head coach want? Because really, it's like, if you guys aren't seeing eye to eye, then, you know, the goalkeepers aren't going to develop anyway, so it's, you know, for me, like, I just found out with our head coach, you know, his big three were, and I I felt like so dumb for, for not asking him earlier, there, but it's, you know, once I find out the big three, it's like, okay, well, now I can tailor each training session into developing this, so, you know, he's getting what, what he wants as well, I'm putting my touch on him, too. Absolutely, and I think it's just important to be on the same page, so you're, you're, you're enhancing the goalkeepers in the areas that are going to help them you know, be successful within the team. I think that's that's important. I think sometimes we get caught up just kind of, like you said, just in our own kind of world where it's really important, especially now I feel like even more so that we're, you know, we're part of the coaching staff. We're, we're having conversations mm-hmm. to make sure that we're, we're preparing the goalkeepers to be successful. Yeah. yeah. So, so during, during your time, time at IU, IU what, what were, you know, you know some, some of the don't want to say mistakes, mistakes but, but, you know, what, like, like looking, looking back, back, where can you say, say, say you know, why did I do it this way? Um, in, in, in terms of, like, like whether it's coaching style, style, how you approach a session, approach a match, or even just, you know, day-to-day communication with, with goalkeepers, you know, what are, what are some things that you've changed over the past yeah, few years? Yeah, I think I've, I think I've, I, I think over the years you learn to, to, to look at the person more, too, and understand mm-hmm. what's going on with them in their lives as well. I think sometimes as a coach you just lock into, you know, right. training and you don't know what baggage they're carrying onto the field. So I think sometimes it's important. So I think I've definitely grown in that area of, like, just – connecting with them making sure um you know they're in a good headspace when they get out on the field and you know if they've got some stuff going on knowing when you can push them a little bit harder and when maybe you can you can you can drop you know maybe have to not drop your standards but all but just kind of lay off them a little bit so i think yeah i've definitely grown from that aspect of like i think when you're younger you want it you you're always on top of everybody and you're yelling Mm -hmm. and you're screaming and you're you know and i think for me i've become more relaxed in that perspective of just making sure that you know, you look at the big picture of things too. And I think so. I think communication with the goalkeepers, I think one of the things I've grown over the years is especially um, you have your way that you want to do things right. in terms of what you think 
the right action should be maybe for a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And I think now I've looked at, you know, you've got to understand that each goalkeeper is going to be different. And yes, you can coach the same principles or the same, you know, technique, but understand that they're all going to be a little bit different in their techniques and making sure that it works for them. So it might not be the perfect technique or it might be a little, they may be a little different within, you know, if you've got three goalkeepers, all three may approach something different. Right, right. So I think it's important to, to help them develop those tools, but also then understanding when and where to use those tools. Um, mm-hmm. I think just knowing oh, no, that, sure, sure. you know, you can't, there's not a blanket way to coach and there's not a, right, right. you know, a, a, an exact profile of what I want a goalkeeper to do. I think you got to look at the goalkeeper, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and how can you maximize their strengths and help improve their weaknesses. And everyone's going to be a little different. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. So as so you, you, move you move into, into the program, the program game, you know, what's it like and how do you balance all that we just kind of said, working with, you know, proven professionals who have been there, been there, been there, been, there, been doing, doing it for a while at a very high level, level and now you have, you know, a new rookie come again. So it's like, you know, how, how are you balancing all those things that you just mentioned? That's a really interesting one because I've, I've had the, in just a short amount of time, like the gamut. Last year I had Michelle Bedos, who's, you know, right, 33 right. years old, who's been in the league since it's, in it, since its inception. And yep. um, what, a, what a lifelong learner she is. And that's mm-hmm. been so awesome because she loves to just get that little bit better. So for her, it was looking right, at right. What, are you, what are you doing and how can we tweak things just a little bit to help you gain a little bit of an advantage. So, you know, if I look back with Mish, it was we, we looked at her, her positioning being a little bit too aggressive and allow okay. her to sit back a little bit more and, and use her explosiveness and her reactions to make some saves where in time she was maybe playing a little bit higher. Um, mm. And we looked at a ton of video and it wasn't it wasn't teaching her how to catch a ball. It wasn't right, you know, right. we talked about technique and well, how can we be a little cleaner? And if we're going to parry yeah. balls, where can we push them and looking at her body shape and ball line and little things like that. But like I'm not teaching her how to catch. I'm not teaching her how to dive. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're fine tuning things. And, and the big piece, too, I think, is asking your goalkeepers, what do you need to be successful? And I think that's right. something we forget a lot of times. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, you know, we've had a good week. Mish, what do you need to get through this week? You know, and then if I flip to, to Katie Lund, who's our current number one now, and who last year, her development was unbelievable. And, and yeah. where she's gone now, um, you know, with her, it was sitting down and saying, all right, what, what are the areas you're comfortable in and where do you feel like you need to grow? And, and for her, we took it step by step and we worked mm. on little P. A lot of in the beginning for Katie, it was a lot about moving. It wasn't about catching. It wasn't about right. it was about how are you moving in the goal and how can you prepare yourself to set a little bit sooner? And what does your positioning look like? Mm. And then we spent a lot of time on that. And then once it clicked, she just yeah. she took off. And now, you know, for her, it's we're fine-tuning some little things. You know, being a taller goalkeeper, we look at right. set shape and blocking shape. And, you know, a bigger goalkeeper is not going to go into a spread nearly mm. as much as a, as a smaller, more explosive goalkeeper. So now it's, you know, how do we – how do we look at these various scenarios and how can we set you up to, to give yourself the best chance to, to be successful? Uh, and then I flipped to our two rookies. I've got Jordan Bloomer and Hillary Beal, who, again, great goalkeepers, tremendous right. pedigree for the both of them. I'm not for too sure on how to be goalkeepers. You know, they right. know that. But now we're looking at the pace of the ball coming in. Yeah. You know, how are you positioning yourself? Mm. In college, you can get away with playing maybe a little higher because players aren't maybe striking the ball as hard. Right. Now you've got to make some adjustments. So, 
now we're looking at the details. We're looking at mm -hmm. is your foot shifted forward a step or is it shifted laterally a step? Because that's right. the difference between you making a save and not making a save. So, like those are all the the, the, the little pieces that we talk about on a, on a daily basis to help them. So again, it's not I'm not teaching them. Oh, this is how you get behind the ball and catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, they've all got their various techniques that they've used to be successful over the years. Now it's right. okay. Have you thought about this? Because this may give you a better opportunity to make a save. So mm. for Jordan, especially, Jordan is probably one of the most explosive goalkeepers I've ever been around. Yeah. Um, for her now, it's it's when do you need to be explosive versus when do you have to be explosive? Interesting. You know, and I yeah. think we're working on holding her shape a little bit more, and we're working on those moments when you know maybe she doesn't need to throw herself and she can just mm -hmm. hold for a second. So yeah. it, it, it's it's really interesting. It's one of the things I love about about my yeah. job right now is because it's it's very much about helping them develop and just getting a little bit better every day right how, how much, much time do you get with them, them per week, week usually like, whether it be in training or maybe like just some off the field kind of film session have, so we'll i'll get them every day usually i will go out team training starts at ten thirty. we usually go out about 10 o'clock okay um, some days i'll get an hour some days i might only get you know that 30 minutes depending right. upon what we're doing um so that's that's pretty that's daily and then we'll do film you know, two to three times a week, we'll meet, you know, usually every three weeks with their IDPs just to look yep. at where they are and, and where they want to go and, and make sure that we're, we're progressing in the, in the right, you know, direction. Yeah. Um, so it's great. And I think for them, it's, it's realizing too, they're so used to like having school and being so yeah. now they've got way more time. So they've got to balance their time as well too. They've got their weight room sessions and things like that. Yep. But we get a lot of time to really dig in and, and, and really help them develop. Mm -hmm. How do you go, How about, do you go about creating, creating that, culture that culture to the quote-unquote GK, GK union in, in, in a high-profile, in a high-professional high environment where everybody, everybody obviously wants to play? Yeah, I think it's about supporting each other, and and, mm -hmm. and for me, it's I help, what I love is when they start to coach each other. Yeah, what, yeah. What I found yeah, with yeah. this group is they're always helping each other out. They're always looking at all right, you know, if I'm if I'm a server in this, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you're right, giving right. away. This is what I think you might be able to do. So, like, the culture of supporting each other and the culture of, of, of celebrating when people are getting better at something. Um, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I've got Gabby Cazellas, who's been with us. Um, she played at University of Louisville. Um, and yeah, she's yeah. come in as a – she's not signed with us, but she's been training with us. Mm -hmm. um, and she brings so much to our environment in terms of yeah, just yeah. her personality and her love for goalkeeping. And if you walk by our session, you'll hear her yelling and screaming when somebody makes a save. So, like, for me, it's about supporting each other, but also knowing, like, when we've got to get after it and when we've, when right, we've right. got to compete, but right, also right. making sure we're, we're all growing and learning together. So we'll do video sessions together where we'll pull up, you know, everybody's clips from a, from a particular session and talk through it and, and, yeah. and all talk about what's going on you know not just having individual video sessions i think it's important for us as a, yeah. as a group to sit and chat no that's no, awesome, awesome. And, and last, last question i have just to touch on that as we wrap up, up is you know how important to just, just you know it's all the goalkeepers out there right now is like how important is it just to be a good person it's important right just to be a coachable person it's it's so hard to to run a session when everyone's kind of like you know you're you're cheering but it's like a kind of half-assed cheer you're like kind of hoping that they make a mistake right so it's like how much does that go into who you guys draft who you guys sign and you know just being a good person absolutely i think it was across the board from our outfield players to our goalkeepers is first and foremost you have to be a good person you have to be competitive but there's being competitive and there's being supportive you know you got to be able to do both of those things right i think 
for me, it's, you know, your job is not just when you're in the goal, it's when you're serving, when you're, because you're, you're working on creating an environment where we're all going to get better. Because if right. you're in the goal and I'm serving well, when your turn is to serve, then you're going to be training me. But if I'm half-assing it, you're going to half-ass it, and we're yeah. going to waste each other's time. And I think that's the thing for me is we set a standard, and every day my job is to make sure that that session meets that standard and beyond, that we don't allow our, our standards to slip because – especially for these younger players we've been going for three months now and the regular season has just started for right. a lot of them like that's the tail end of your college season as you're starting yeah. to get in so it's important to to recognize that too we have those conversations like hey i know you're you're tired because this is the most you've ever trained and right. you know we're just starting it's like you just got to bring a little bit more energy and a little mm -hmm. bit more focus and, and just nudge yourself over that line and once you do you'll see everything start to, to, to pick back right. up again so I All think right. as a coach, that's another important piece is kind of recognizing where your players are within the season and making sure you're you're managing and having those conversations to help keep that mm -hmm. uh, environment competitive. Yeah, and just a, those, like you mentioned, just little subtle conversations that you have individually, you know, just to to worry about the person too before before the player. So, Absolutely. No, that's awesome. Wow, lots of great stuff in this thirty-minute episode. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, go support Racing Louisville. Appreciate it, Jesse. Thank you for having me on. Thank you.